Welcome to Making Awesome number two, part the second. Today's topic is... Talk about CAD with Tad. And yes, I put him You did. It's like, because uh, it's the only it time... Yes, we had to do the Parks and Recs reference uh, early on in the episode because it was going to bother me the whole time unless we did it. But uh, I love Parks and Recs. Great show. If you haven't watched it, add that to your list of Netflix binge-worthy shows. Just like the, in the last three episodes, just ignore them. But the rest of it is just primo TV, especially when uh, Chris Pratt all of a sudden loses a ton of weight. Uh, that's when he was Captain America. No, Star-Lord? No. Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Yeah, shows how often I go to the Peter movies. Peter Quill. Peter Quill. See? Yeah, I I like to believe I'm the geek, but I'm the geek for 3D printing. That stuff. And CAD. And TAD, you <laughs> are a geek of all things, especially Star Wars, although we're not getting into that today. I very much have that TIE fighter still. We'll get into that another day. Today's episode is all about CAD, a computer-aided design. And if you don't know what that is, you've come to the right place. This podcast, Making Awesome, is supported by 3D Musketeers. And if you have any questions about CAD, want to get CAD done, or realistically want to make awesome, reach out to us. We're going to have everything you need in the description. We're going to have links to some of the stuff that we're talking about today as well. And if you are listening on audio only, ah, got it this time. Uh, we will have a link to the video on YouTube in the description as well. So when I first kind of breached this subject or broached, breached, broached, don't care. Broached, broached. Broached this subject. I always thought that CAD was computer-aided drafting and it was made for architects. I was wrong. Uh, yeah, I said it. Yeah, that's on recording forever. I said <laughs> I was wrong. Mom, dad, you're listening. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But it was actually coined by Douglas T. Rosen, Rosen, probably Rosen. I'm going to butcher some of these names in the late <laughs> 50s. So well before even my parents were alive. Uh, I guess my, my dad was born, I guess, in the later 50s. But um, he had no idea what CAD was when he was that young. Um, but it was invented by Dr. Patrick Hanratty. Hanratty. I, it, it's an hmm. odd name. Uh, but there's a great <laughs> infographic about the history of CAD. Uh, it comes from a website that I don't have up anymore. Partsolutions.com has a whole thing about it. We'll include that in the, in the description. It's a great little infographic about CAD. And we want to go through it and talk about some of the real major features here and why it's gotten us to where we are today. Because, boy, man, 60 years later, and, uh, man, it's changing every day. Heck, I opened up Fusion 360 yesterday and I opened it again today for this podcast and it had new updates again. They're updating this thing all the time. So CAD, it's tough to understand mm -hmm. by talking about it. Uh, we're going to try our best, but we, we're going to show some practical examples of CAD um, 
We're going to show off some parts that we have here in the shop that we designed to solve problems here that we didn't CAD because doing it by traditional manufacturing would suck. And as much as I would love a multi-million dollar workshop that I don't have to pay for, I don't, uh, I don't have access to that. Neither does Tad. Mm -mm. Well, you have a multi-million dollar playground, but it's nothing that you can talk about or play with <laughs> right. outside of work hours, at least. Mm -hmm. um, it is, uh, CAD is the fundamental for what 3D printing does, right? Without CAD models, without 3D no models, 3D there wouldn't be 3D printing. Now, there are sculpture-based programs out there like ZBrush and uh, Blender oh, to an extent. Sculptress is the free version of ZBrush. Blender. And Blender, uh, Blender's a great one to start with. It is, its learning curve is a steep cliff to nowhere. Mm. But it, man, if you can get proficient at it, it's a great program. It's completely open source, 100% free. And that's why the community kind of adopts it, right? This, the 3D printing community is huge on open source. Uh, it's very much a big thing for us because, well, without it, we wouldn't exist. Patents in the industries kept this technology out of the hands of the general masses for 20 years since it was developed in 1984. And it really only hit the consumer market back in 2008. So uh, in 12 years, as of the recording, it's 2020 right now. What a dumpster fire 2020 has been. Today happens to be September Third, and I know that's going to give away when we recorded the podcast, but today is the second worst day in the stock market for 2020. March 17th was the worst day. This is the second worst day. We saw massive dumps in the uh, stock market today, and that hurts everybody, especially software companies. So, you know, we have some of the big players in the industry, but they don't come into play until the 80s. So we have some time between when it was first invented in the late 50s, coined in the late 50s and early 60s. And uh, it's Pierre, I don't know his last name, Tad, can you can you help me with that last name? Let me take a Bezier, look. Bezier? I think Bezier. Bezier? Bezier? I don't know. Bezier. It's French. It sounds French. Very it's got French. a little tick above the E. So it could be Spanish. Um, let me I see. would say French. I'm going to see if it tells us because that would be pretty awesome if it did. Mm -hmm. He worked for Renault. French engineer. <laughs> he is French. Uh, but he, he's kind of like the, the, the godfather of all of this. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, let's see. Is he still alive? That'd be kind of cool if he was. No, died in November 25th, 1999 at the age of 89. Was born September 1st, 1910. Oof. Lived to 89. Two world wars. Two world wars. Both of which were very bad for France. <laughs> yeah, France didn't do too well in either one of those. Because America! <laughs> or something, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> always late to the game, though, America. Oh, yeah, we're always late to the game. But, uh, you know, we move the goalposts, so we win every single time. <laughs> That's how we were the first ones in space and the first ones on the moon. We weren't the first people in space. We were the first ones on the moon. The space race was initially to get a human in space. We didn't win that. So we moved the goalpost. First person to orbit the earth. We didn't do that either. So we said, screw it. First person to land on the moon. Right to USA, the moon. USA. We are so far off topic, but that's what I love about these <laughs> podcasts. 
we're starting to get a little closer to being scripted. Uh, not like we have a, uh, a diagram. So if you see me look over to my right, it's I'm looking at my second screen to make sure that we're reasonably Keeping on staying track. on topic. Yeah, because the interesting thing about this industry is we had a lot of developments in the 60s and 70s, but none of them are oddly relevant anymore because in 1982, hmm. the CAD world changed with Autodesk, AutoCAD. That to me, even though we've got like Unigraphics from Siemens and MiniCAD, which was the best-selling CAD software for Mac computers and mm -hmm. CAD-AM, which was used by Lockheed Martin to do aerospace previous to 1982, mm -hmm. I've never heard of those up until seeing this infographic, never because they're irrelevant. Um, and I, I'm sure that they helped out a lot, but man, it's, it's not the same. AutoCAD yeah. changed the market. They were the first CAD software made for PCs instead of mainframe computers. Because previously, you needed whack tons of computing. And you know the computing inside of smartphones today put supercomputers and you know mainframe computers to shame right you know, well where, rather it's not so much it's you needed a lot of computing it's that the computing took more space it was big right moore's yeah. law was just starting to become a thing and it, it wasn't it, it, you know we're dealing with like seven nanometer processes right now i mm -hmm. believe we could measure our processes in inches or <laughs> centimeters back then furlongs where 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 we have um you know bits and bytes that were stored in tubes mm. now of course that's not what they were using right if if you were mm. if you were a you still had though a computer in a room that was the size of the room and you had to right. access it from a terminal oh yeah and you know just saw oh, if those makers of the computers back then knew what we would get to today i don't think they would ever believe it but you know we didn't believe that the jetsons would be a thing now of course we haven't hit there but yeah freaking elon musk put a tesla into In orbit around the sun and if you want to talk about the best damn marketing you've ever seen <laughs> that's it because you can write off the rocket the fuel the car which of course means all the R&D for the car, all the R&D for the rocket, it's all the marketing expense. But, oh, just the, the dreams businesses are made out of. Um, you know, but AutoCAD and Autodesk is so relevant, it's still here today. You can use AutoCAD from Autodesk today. We use the Autodesk suite here at 3d musketeers we use fusion 360 inventor and autocad although we do prefer fusion 360 its cloud uh based system is awesome it is itar compliant which is even better uh and if you don't know what itar is just google it because i'm not going to get into that today um <laughs> it's a little bit beyond the scope of this uh of this talk but uh you know right after autocad in 82 87 was a software that you are familiar with, Tad. Mm. Pro Engineer Blech. by Creo. Ugh. Talk well, about PT it. PTC. PTC, PTC is Creo. A company. It's well, Creo so, now. 
Yes, it was PTC back then. So it, in the on the infographics says PTC Creo. I assumed yeah. most people know Creo. They know they they don't. I don't hear people call it Pro Engineer. I hear people call it Pro E. There was like a turnaround. Um, it's probably within the last ten years. Yeah, because there were people in my engineering class who knew it and called it Pro E. Yeah, but it it was Creo. It's the same thing. They just slapped a different name on it. And so. that's common. I mean, look at uh, Katia and SolidWorks. Mm -hmm. They're both made by Dassault Systems. Are they really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Look at mm. the logo for Katia. It's DSS. <laughs> oh, the Frenchy Fruz strike again. Yeah, and a license for Katia, about forty thousand. A license for SolidWorks, Jeez. about five thousand. But you I know the know. difference. Katia is mm. used in aerospace. Oh, that'll do it. Yep. That's it's probably it. the same thing, just different capabilities. Yep. 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 Uh, and so talk about Pro E for me for a minute here. Give me give me a rundown of your experience with it, your likes, your mm -hmm. dislikes. Well, Creo Pro E. Um it was it was decent to learn on, um, because that's what I had in my first drafting classes. Mm -hmm. But uh it is finicky. It has a tendency to explode when you do something that it doesn't like, and you will have a hell of a time getting it to cooperate. Um, later, later, uh, later things that I worked with, like I, I switched to SolidWorks after that, and because uh, that's, I mean, both of them are widely used in the engineering industry. Uh, I think SolidWorks probably a little bit more. Um, SolidWorks is a lot easier to deal with. It is. But it also has its... its uh, they, they all do. There's they like, all do have their quirks. You know, you, you end up with... You're always having a compromise somewhere. Nothing mm -hmm. is perfect. Yeah. Um, and you'll end up spending tens of thousands of dollars a year to find a solution that works okay. Yeah. Now, we had... In 1994... That's when Autodesk AutoCAD released version 13, it looks like, maybe 1.3. And mm -hmm. that's where it made the program three-dimensional. So up until then, the idea was you could build something in 3D, but it was really, really tough. Mm -hmm. Because, well, not only did we not really have the computing power. Right, I, it was I, graphically demanding. I'm a 90s kid. I grew up in the 90s. I remember black and green and black and amber screen computers. Uh, I was blessed and had a T1 internet connection, uh, but it was all due to like where we lived and how it worked. Mm -hmm. But man, it, it, it's nuts to think that if you tried a T1 connection these days, you, you, you throw your phone across the friggin' room. Everything's gotten so high quality that you need gobs and gobs of internet. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's a little crazy. Um, but anyway, so we, we had that. But a little bit later in 94 was where the industry changed. Mm. Step. Step file. Step. Up until then, IGES, I-G-E-S, was the premier... Uh, file format and it's still used today but mm -hmm. step is the universally accepted uh, format we can export step in inventor put it into creo we can put it into katia solidworks inventor anything 
and it works every time because the industry said, Hey, we really don't like each other. Yeah. But we need to play ball to some extent. Right. Well, and that's the thing. All these CAD suites have their own native file formats, which most can, most of them can read each other's formats now, but back in the day, that was the only way to, to share files from one to another. Yep. And they, they all still have their, um, what is it like the proprietary file formats? Talk a little Mm. bit about those if you want. I mean, we sure. Well, like Creo, Creo and SolidWorks both have different file uh, types for like parts, assemblies, uh, drawings, and that has more to do with what information you get when you're using each, uh, each suite. Because, you know, like in, in pretty much all of our 3D modeling programs, now we have like a design history that you can go through and change things and it'll propagate through to wherever you are, whether you're at the end or if you've moved it over to, to see some snapshot along the way. And that lets you tightly control how... Uh, the part looks along the way and you can go back and forth and change yep. things more easily. Um, you know, it's not set in stone then. Um, when you export into a format like Step or IGES, you lose that design history and you just have the geometry. So there is a, there is a reason that the native file formats exist. Right. But, um, and Step since, is, a, is a crazy compromise, but it was yeah. a necessary evil. You know, getting an SLD part file is awesome. It's, that's SLD underscore PRT, I believe is, is something like that for it, SolidWorks. It's a SolidWorks yeah. part file. Yeah. But it has all the history. If you mm-hmm. need to change one little thing, dude, you just go there, type a different number, Bob's your auntie. Mm-hmm. But if you got a step file, boy, it can be a nightmare. You have to, well, hopefully you can delete whatever you're needing to change. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough you one. You kind of have to work backwards from it. And that's, yeah. That's the, the compromise. It is. It is. It is. It's one that I believe is worth making. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, companies like 3D Musketeers, we don't need to have a copy of every software. We can easily just handle one or two different softwares that accept everybody's files and play ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so 19, in 1994 is when we got that... Uh, switch over to step but then right around well i guess we had solidworks 95 come out in you'll guess it 1995 (laughs) Mm -hmm. um that was i guess really the first big solidworks uh piece that came out that was desalt systems Mm -hmm. i don't know why that name i don't like that name but it's the name desalt Desalt. it's like the French Lockheed Martin. I, well, I don't know if the T is silent. Could be like Renault, you know. Dassault? I don't. Yeah, it's Jeez. it's like the uh, the Lockheed Martin of France. Yeah, I, they, I, they I feel the need to like. Company. I feel the need to hold up a mug with my pinky extended, saying it. Yes, I have a mug on my desk. It's got <laughs> pens and thermistors in it. <laughs> Oh no, hit the microphone. Sorry. Don't do that. I know, I know. You said I'm you weren't going to do that. This is why we can't have nice things. Oh, Grant. But, you know, Katia came out in 1996, Inventor in 1999. And in 1999, 
we had a quantum leap. And you see tons of changing in the year, starting in the year 2000. You know, every single year companies are dropping multiple revisions of files because computing became affordable, it became fast, it became reliable, and it became and it, small. And it changed more often. Yeah. You know, geez, we, we just saw NVIDIA release the RTX 3000 series where the 2000 series is pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a, a 2080 Ti or 2080 Super runs you close to a G, a full thousand dollars. The 3070 and the 3080 Super are going to be like five or six hundred bucks. NVIDIA is going to change the game with these next mm -hmm. cards. I am looking forward to upgrading my dinosaur. Uh, we're going to see how well she does recording this call, sharing the screen and doing video and audio soon when I share my screen to show off some, some CAD work, but uh, we will see. Mm -hmm. So 2012, 2012. So we had a lot of movement, right? Tons of different changing, 2012. 2012 is when Autodesk launched Autodesk 360, where they moved their stuff to the cloud. Now. I don't like cloud software. I don't like it because I don't like this subscription model. I mm. understand from a business standpoint, like if I'm the one offering the subscription, it's awesome because it helps pay for the recurring costs of maintenance, of upgrades and all that. But as an end user, man, it just feels like I'm being bent over without the common courtesy. And that's not good. But you know, uh, Autodesk, when they launched Fusion 360, I think they, you know, really changed the system and made it to a point mm -hmm. where it can be free. You know, we have an education license. We also have a professional license. Uh, so we use our education license for teaching. We use our professional license for work. Um, and you can get a hobbyist license totally free with Fusion 360 as of the recording of this video. Of course, that is all subject to change but moving to the cloud made sense to some extent right you can right. offload all the processing from local servers onto a cloud server where computing power in 2012 started to get cheap mm -hmm. server grade processors started falling in prices um and it made sense it made well, sense and to you also the have the uh collaborative aspect yes um, i that know that really it's it didn't happen much until I'm trying to see when they launched Fusion 360 and I don't see it on this list. Dang it, Bobby. Well, we're already post 2012. So it's within the last couple of years. Fusion hasn't been out that long because in 2015, Onshape came. So Onshape, as far as I'm aware now, this is unsubstantiated. I did not look this up, but I remember this was started by ex-engineers of SolidWorks because they believed that mm -hmm. uh, CAD should not be expensive. Right. The trick with Onshape was it was 100% free and even better, it was browser-based. 
So it worked off of the cloud server. You did not need to have a rip roaring rocking computer. You could do it off a friggin' Chromebook. Of course, those didn't exist much in 2015, but fine. Mm -hmm. Point is, you could do it on a bare bones system. Right. And Onshape quickly became the industry standard because it was free. They protected your data. And you also had the ability to share it. And that was really, really interesting. It was the first time where we were able to send clients 3D viewable files of their data. Now, back then, if we sent them that, they had access to download it. There was no way for us to restrict downloading. With Fusion 360, we can send 3D viewable models, but still restrict the downloading aspect, which is great when we want to send pieces for review and we haven't been paid or we're not ready mm-hmm. to uh, relinquish over the intellectual property rights because the project just isn't finalized. Right. Because as, as much as we hate to admit it, sometimes there are times where a client will just abscond with the data never to be heard from again. Dude, it, it, it wasn't with data, but it happened to me a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months, no, it was a couple of months ago. It was an individual that needed a part for an RV solar panel. Hi, Ricky. You still owe me money. He had a 3D printed part, gave it to me. I recreated it. It was really, really easy. And I sent it to him because he needed it really, he needed it quickly. So he printed it overnight. We sent it to him and I sent him the invoice. He never paid. He never paid. And it was only like a $25 part total. But that one hurt me because like, I made time as a business owner. I didn't send it to one of the engineers and have an engineer come over and design it. I did it myself. Right. And mm-hmm. he just gave me the middle finger. That just sucks. So Ricky. I know. It's not common courtesy. Up. Come on, Ricky. Yeah. Pay up. Yeah. I'm going to send you a reminder at night. You're not going to read because you never read them. Um, on shape though, shot mm-hmm. themselves in the foot. Too good. No, they changed their terms of service. Oh, yeah. And they changed their terms of service to allow the company, Onshape, an unlimited license to whatever you had designed. Mm. So things that you could design that had non-disclosures, parts that were secretive, now all of a sudden had a second owner and you didn't have a say in this. Death of a platform. It pissed off the community now there are still people that use it um they don't allow you to privatize models anymore without paying uh so that that, that's a little complicated um so it's i can't recommend it Mm -hmm. let's just put it this way uh thomas sandlander uh, that's not his real name. He goes by Tom's 3D on YouTube. You guys can look him up. Great YouTuber. Would love to one day have him as a guest on this podcast. Uh, but he was one of the first people to figure it out. And he blackballed him hardcore. Because that's not what you do. You don't do that kind of thing to makers. And Fusion 360 had, well, they had been out since before that happened. But no one was really paying attention to them. Because, well, it was easier. Mm. Onshape was browser-based. I didn't need to download anything. I could use it wherever I was. You know, tablet, phone, computer, laptop, anything. I could use it. It didn't matter. 
Well, Autodesk says, hey, hey, you know how they're licensing your data? Hey, we won't do that. And you know what? It's yours, free baby. And there Take was an it. exodus. Mass exodus. Uh, you know, you might even be able to see it in their stock price. I haven't even looked. We can look in the history too. It's, I don't even know if Autodesk is publicly traded, but we're not going to get into that. Um, mm -hmm. See, coming full circle on that stock market. Oh, thing, I know. That's pretty cool. But, uh, you know, they, they made a really robust system. And in the past couple of year, year and a half, they have kind of limited it. The free package used to enable full cloud support where you can do collaborative design. Now that's no longer a thing. Uh, you hmm. have to have an education license or you have to pay for it to get that or a student license um, to get that uh, cloud functionality. But even if you have to pay for it, it's $500 a year. It's not bad. It's nothing compared to a SolidWorks, which is 5,000 or hmm. Katia, which is 40 to 50,000. So big, big differences there. Um, yeah, so really the, the future that we're looking at here is VR, VR CAD. And I've tried this back in 2016. I tried out a very, was it 2016? Had to have been, had to have been 2016. Um, when I tried out a very like alpha version of CAD in VR. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was awesome. I'm someone that had a hard time adopting CAD because you can't just draw a cube. You right. can't do that. You have to draw a square and then extrude it into a mm -hmm. cube. And until you can get that through to your mind that CAD is 2D things extruded and then manipulated, it's really hard to understand. So mm -hmm. we're going to transition into a point where if you are listening audio only, it might get a little tough because we're I mean, going to we'll be do our best to describe it. Right. We're going to be sharing some pieces that I have here at HQ of 3d Musketeers, some pieces that we made for our fusion three F four ten, a hood prop. And I don't know if actually says, might show up better in the model. Yeah. It'll show up better in the model. And uh, where's the other, I had it. What did I do with it? Oh, <laughs> I know what I did with it. It's right here. Oh, it's right there. The yeah. lime green piece that you see, this microphone, which is a Samson Q2U, if anybody's curious, does not fit in your standardized microphone stance. It doesn't fit. So I didn't know that when I bought it. <laughs> 3D printing to the rescue. This is actually a TPU substrate. Uh, so it's soft and flexible and it still allows it to act uh, to work with the shock mount. So I'm going to bring this back down, but I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So you guys can see, we're going to start with the hood prop and then we're going to move into the uh, uh, microphone piece. <laughs> so anyone that likes fast and the furious might get that reference when uh, Brian, AKA Busta, uh, R.I.P. Paul Walker uh, says, pop the hood because this is a hood prop. I am holding up what is, well, it's a just to the naked eye, looks like a couple of uh, rectangles, mm -hmm. realistically 
uh, you know, boxes, if you will, uh, in crazy colors because every now and then we end up with spools that have like 30 grams left. So when we do uh, parts for ourselves, we tend to go kind of crazy on the colors because we can and it's fun. But what you don't see down here, we have all these different sketches. So let's, let's take a look. We have all these different sketches that were used to extrude this body. We're gonna turn on an analysis here. So you can actually see the interior. There is a pin mechanism that enables this to clip in. You can't take it out, at least I don't think you can, but that doesn't matter. You could not easily print this in one piece and still have it spin mm. it's like the ratchet when you're a kid yeah. but without the noise it's yeah i'm like watch it break and just smack me in the head but we printed it in a way that it's very strong right um, in this particular axis so we needed it to go together but we also needed it to spin the bottom section that you see here i'm gonna zoom out to it that we made via measurements so we did measurements of the racking system behind me. So these are racks from Sam's Club. Highly recommended, they're like 150 bucks. They hold 2,500 pounds of shelf, including big American-made 3D printers like the Fusion 3 F410. If you wanna get your own Fusion 3 F410, reach out to us, 3dmusketeers.com, info at 3dmusketeers.com. Hey, gotta, gotta pay the bills, right? You know, let's, let's sell a Fusion 3 or 2 or three. Um, so this part, it's all designed with, what is that? Six different sketches. Mm -hmm. We have, I'm going to turn off the analysis so the whole thing comes back up. And we have two bodies and we can turn off these individual bodies so you can see the parts. But if we look down here, and it, this shows up in the video, right, Tad? Yeah. We didn't check any of this beforehand. So, you know, quality stuff. We're live. Yeah. I started off literally as a rectangle. rectangle. We extruded it. Let me hit okay here. I need to move this out of the way. Then we went to another sketch, which was the hole at the top. Mm -hmm. We extruded it down, right? One inch, 25.4 millimeters is one inch. I did some offset faces here. So that's, that's allowing me to move something up and down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Made a new sketch, then made a new extrude. And what this did is it took the cutout on the inside where everything locks into place. Okay. You might want to do a section at this point. Yeah, you know, well, the section doesn't go back that far, so. Make a new doesn't... one. Yeah, there it does. Yeah, but I think if I click, uh, if I click here. Oh, it does work. Hey, look it at that. It, it, look at it that. It goes across time and space, Grant. Wow. Yeah. Do, do, See, do, so do, that, do, do, then that takes that cylinder out and you got your yep. cutout. And so then, you know, just messing around, add some fillets mm -hmm. as you do, because I love fillets. fillets uh, you know, that are the, good. The, was it the Frank's red hot? I put that on everything, mm -hmm. right? The old lady says it. Yeah. Fillets. We put that on everything because hard overhangs are tough for 3d printing. It's like making something out of wet spaghetti. And mm -hmm. if you can smooth into those curves, hey, it's fine. And you know, let, let's be real guys and gals out there. 
curves are good. They're good. Well, and from an engineering perspective, what you're doing is you are improving the strength of your part because you're reducing stress concentrations. Sharp right. corners are terrible for that. That's how things snap and split and crack because you got, you're directing all of your stress right at that point. Whereas if you smooth it out, it makes it, uh, it spreads it out, so to speak. Yep. And so we, this step here, come on. I have faith in you. We're extruding this new body. Mm -hmm. The trick, I got to find out where I did it, where we wait, wait. did the... You need to turn the uh, section off? No, it's right here where we did the draft. Oh, so everything yeah. is drafted so that I can fit in, clip in tightly. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a cone section. Mm -hmm. so that the fingers could bend a little bit. Not that they did. Oh, look, Fusion Tactics is encountering performance issues. <laughs> I wonder why. It's because I'm using a 4770K with 32 gigs of RAM and a GTX 770. If you guys want to look that up, it should be on the timeline. <laughs> uh, but great computer back in the day when we built it. And honestly, it still holds up pretty well today. Uh, you know, and so little sketches extrudes fillets drafts all these are terms that are needed to know in the cad process and you know, even the the text which is ossifont an open source font designed for 3d printing which we like because uh, it doesn't have crazy overhangs everything is smooth we love ossifont and because it's an internal part we get to have a little fun we also added a flange so that this part can't fall down too far. Mm -hmm. That flange is because it goes into the like the tube of your rack system there, right? It does, and anybody can make this. This is not tough, but if you don't want to, that's what companies like 3D Musketeers are here for. Um, now let's go over to the microphone adapter. Mm -hmm. Microphone simpler. adapter. It's what two sketches. Mm -hmm. A couple of lofts and my man got to have them fillets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, actually my, my brother was saying it to me earlier and mine's actually doing it too. I need to put a flange on this for version two so that it can only go so deep into the mount mm -hmm. and it can't push all the way out. But I mean, if you don't smack your microphone, you're probably fine. Yeah. It's good um, enough for now. Yeah. And CAD, CAD is complicated. It but it's it it's got a learning curve, yeah. It does, and it's a really odd learning curve because it's mm -hmm. depending on how precise you want to be, your learning mm. curve can get steeper and steeper. Right. But if you want to do it on a entry level, man, there are so many great videos out there. I don't know if we're ever going to get into that. I'm not going to tell us that we won't. But right now, it's not. We don't have the we don't have like the the bandwidth to do that kind of thing. The cat is really important, and without it, 3D Musketeers wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have never met Tad. Uh, I don't know. If, have we told the story of how we met? I don't know. Because we met through Cad. Mm -hmm. uh, long story short, we had a, a job that a client brought to me, us, 3D Musketeers, yeah. for 3D printing. Tad was the designer on it that this guy had picked up from somewhere else, probably yeah. on a street corner somewhere, as you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was shopping around for 3D printing providers. And 
he screwed us both. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. <laughs> he screwed us both, and we we developed a relationship over the general disdain for another human. Shared trauma. Yeah, uh, not so much mutually assured destruction, but very much a uh, uh, an upsetting experience, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But, I think uh, we came out on the the better end. I I would absolutely agree. Um, you know, I, I think we're kind of getting to the point where we can wrap this bad girl up. I think we kind of... I think we hit all the major touched points. Touched everything, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I would say before we quit, though, is uh, you mentioned earlier the the cloud-sharing aspect of like Fusion 360. And I was going to say from a collaborative standpoint, it's really helpful because then, you know, like you and I could have the same design open and we could turn over control to each other and make... Um, changes on the fly and in, in the olden days or at least yep. you know last uh decade or so you'd have to save a file email it to someone they'd have to open it send it back to you you know to do that kind of uh back and forth or you'd have to have like an enterprise level uh cad suite like there are right. certain configurations of like solidworks i know that you know say an engineering firm has one big enterprise level system and I forget what the exact phrase is. It's PDM, I think. I'm uh, not sure. It's some kind of data management system where all of the files get checked into a singular database. And then you can see who altered things when. And that's basically what the cloud sharing is in Fusion 360. But it's a lot clunkier and heavier. you know. So you can get that kind of functionality with some of the name brand big uh, CAD systems that are used in engineering but at the cost of probably like 50 grand or something, you know? So we, we really appreciate being able to use fusion 360 in uh, for much less cost and have similar uh, flexibility. Yeah. If you're watching Autodesk, uh, hit us up, get yeah. them digits. Sponsorship because, uh, please. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we want that podcast money. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're, we're always, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Uh, so small businesses, we're doing everything that we can to look at new avenues to get business, to bring in clients, to make money. And uh, like I said in the last one, I've always been told I had a face for radio. So uh, here we are, decided to do it a video podcast because I don't know, I figured my background's kind of cool. Of course, everything is finished, Right. And I didn't have the time to clean it off and start the next prints yet, but that's okay. It's the way she goes. It means it's working. Uh, it means it's working. It means it's working. So we're, we're hoping to uh, build a thing. If you mm-hmm. are an inventor, if you are a maker, if, if you're a little you, intimidated by CAD. Yeah. If you just like cool stuff, you found the right place. And if you want to be a guest, hit us up. We'll have all the information in the description. You can go to 3dmusketeers.com, fill out the contact us form, and let us know that you want to be a guest. Mind you, this is episode two, so who the hell knows? I think, unless I made what is 3D printing episode two, and I might just be completely ruining this. I can always re-record <laughs> that three. one. <laughs> it's episode something. Something. Uh, but you know, we, we hope you guys learned something today. Uh, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, you know, unlike some of our competitors, we answer the phone. Unlike some of our competitors, we answer emails. And unlike some of our competitors, we give a damn. 
3D Musketeers, Making Awesome, episode number two, three, who knows. Guys, we hoped you learned something about CAD. We hope you continue to make awesome. Send us, uh, I don't know, send us pictures of what you're making. And uh, if we get enough people doing it, maybe we'll feature one every week Mm -hmm. and we'll have a maker on here talking about what they do. So it's free advertising for you. Shh. So let's let's make it let's make it happen. Stay safe out there, everyone. Wear your mask, socially distance, and don't be jerks. Love no each other nosing. more. Yes, love each other more. Joel Telling likes to tell you to high five, but from a distance. My name's Grant. I'm Tad. That's Tad. And this was what is CAD? CAD <laughs> with, with Tad. Tad with Tad. <laughs> uh, have a good one, everyone. Take care. Thank you.